カハンニャハラミタシンギョウ Thank you for joining the Zen Care Podcast. These recorded Dharma talks are given freely to our community in the heart of New York City, which we are honored to now share with you. New York Zen Center for Contemplative Care is dedicated to transforming the nature of care through contemplative practice by meeting illness, aging, and death with compassion and wisdom. Learn about us at zencare.org. Good morning, good evening. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. <laughs> the light is very beautiful here in the Zendo. We are so sweet to practice together. Such a rare opportunity. And wonderful the people who are able to be in the Zendo and able to start learning service positions and how to serve and see our minds through that. And beautiful to see the Sangha coming in from everywhere. Just a wonderful reminder of reality that we're truly practicing with everybody. How do you connect to that reality that you're actually practicing, not just with all beings? But throughout space and time, throughout the cosmos? Or are we mostly just involved in our little situation? What's working and not working for you? It's very popular. And so to me, the beauty of coming together is to remind each other, like, oh, yeah, we all have problems and preferences and opinions in ways we engage convenience over what's most, more meaningful. Today is the 32nd day of our practice period. And Uchiyama Roshi brings back this quote from that we actually worked with earlier in the practice period. And this is a quote from the text itself, from Dogen. Where it says, this work of the Tenzo has always been carried out by teachers settled in the way. 
I'm just loving this repetition of that. I've even given a talk about it before. But not today. It's been carried out by teachers settled in the way and by others who have aroused the bodhisattva spirit within themselves. How do you arise and arouse the bodhisattva spirit in your practice? Bodhi meaning awake and sattva means being. And a bodhisattva, which is core to our tradition and our larger school, the Mahayana school, foregoing our own stuff to realize that, oh, how I show up really impacts other people. And it's a way of caring. How can you be caring? So it includes ourselves, but it is not about ourselves. How do you include yourself in beneficial, loving, compassionate action and not just make it about yourself? such a fascinating shift to include yourself but not make it about yourself. I know for myself it was pretty much about me for quite a while. Wonder where you each are in that. And how are you relying on your zazen so that you can pivot into the bodhisattva vow? How can you really drop down into your hara, which is really the only way, as far as I know, that I've found to really serve? Because if we're not rooted, then we're kind of in our thoughts about it and are staying in our preferences about it staying in our story about it, which I find rather exhausting. And then everything feels personal or really personal. Ever have a really personal reaction to something? And to me, it's also how we can work with feelings, learning how to feel fully, which is an amazing 
experience without having to make a truth about it. I feel left out turns into I am left out. And then it could turn into I've always been left out. I will always be left out. Ever have one of those building stories? And many of us in this world also have feelings around belonging. And we interpret experiences through that. Like we feel heard or feel not seen or not heard in a specific way. And then it's like, see? Says our conditioned mind. I don't belong. Like we're always looking for proof and creating proof for our truths. So this is one of the reasons why I love this sentence so much, because it reminds us of the medicine. Oh, settle into the way. Oh. It does not say settle into what you think is true. It does not say settle into your opinions. Someone this morning was asking me about, do I identify as a Buddhist? I said, if it's helpful. But for until about 100 years ago, there was no Buddhism. It was just followers of the awakened way, followers of the Buddha way. So to me, it's very much like that. Oh, how can I settle into this larger stream of the way that people have been working with their hearts and minds for, you know, a couple of thousand years? Instead of my way. I have not experienced much freedom in my way. Because mostly what I've experienced is my way when I really look is it's really just about my preferences and my opinions and all filtered through my old story about myself. Perhaps some of you can relate to that. And to me, settling into the way is about kind of relaxing into that wonderful spring that is always gurgling forth. So in case you're wondering, well, how do I do that? He explains it. How do you settle into the way? He says, well, 
Such practice requires exerting all of your energy. And many of us feel tired a lot of the time, or exhausted even, worn out. Ugh. I have to go to practice now? <laughs> Got to get that together? Come down from Connecticut, the wilds of Connecticut? <laughs> Westchester even? Chelsea. <laughs> There's someone I know who keeps telling me that, that I keep thinking about coming to the Zen Center, but it's such a schlep, and they live on 20th Street. <laughs> what a schlep. <laughs> but I think it's really, it speaks to that, you know, habit energy of anything that feels like just too much. That seems to be human. This human pattern that we can get into. I always think of our ancestors who were living in caves and like there was probably like a little group in the back of the cave were like, ugh, who wants to go, who wants to go out? <laughs> Rather stay in this dank. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> like there must have been that group, right? <laughs> I love thinking about them. I'd rather be in the shelter that I have, even if it's not comfortable. And from a certain point of view, it doesn't even matter whether you're coming to the Zendo or you're showing up from all these amazing places. It's about how you show up. How do you exert all of your energy? And I find when I exert all of my energy to settle into the way, I actually have much more energy. Because I'm not feeding all of those patterns that actually take up so much energy. It's like, how are you feeding what is actually not nourishing? And who among us has not done that? I find it exhausting to resist, to resist, to dig in, to defend what actually is just happening. It's very depleting. So it requires exerting all of your energy. It reminds me of my favorite Peloton instructor, and he's always saying like, all right, fix your wig, bitches, and let, let's go, you know? <laughs> I don't 
don't know if that's politically correct, but you know, he says it so often, it's just really in my mind. <laughs> but that way of like really reorienting ourselves, like how do we, you know, like fix it? How do you adjust and just let's go? It's like, I love that expression, giddy up. It's like, come on, giddy up, giddy up. You know, when your horse, I don't know, some of you have ridden horses before, but something you need to do, that's like, all right, because they slow down, start eating things. Get up. Same idea. And then he says, if a person entrusted with his work lacks such a spirit, then they will only endure unnecessary hardships and suffering that will have no value in their pursuit of the way. This is a kind of a complex thing. If we're entrusted with a vow, entrusted with a path, if we don't have that spirit, and the spirit he's talking about is exerting all of your energy. If we kind of hold back, ever do that? You'll endure unnecessary hardships and suffering. So what do you do with that? To me, this is why it's so important to serve Sangha and serve the community. Why service, why the Bodhisattva spirit itself is the medicine. I know for a long time, like I, I too, you know, of course, struggle with belonging to groups and feeling a part of things. And I kept waiting for the signals. I was like looking for like smoke signals, like where, or like a cookie in the mail or something. Or when I, you know, occasionally showed up, <laughs> which of course was like my pattern, right? Like I was not fully showing up, so like people didn't really rely on me. <laughs> but I was waiting for them to want me to rely, be reliant. Ever do that? Like expecting someone else to kind of fix it basically for you. 
And what happened is that, you know, this is actually right around the time Chodo and I met. I just realized, like, what, what would happen if I just showed up all the time and got out of my own way? And when I started showing up regularly, suddenly, I was involved in lots of things, and I learned lots of things, and I suddenly realized, like, oh, I'm, I belong. <laughs> I'm part of things. But when we keyed up ourselves on the periphery, expecting, waiting for the center, it's like it's so amazing how simple it is. And yet we make it complicated. Mostly because of our self-clinging. I know I felt like I really did endure unnecessary hardships. And I don't agree, really, with his sentence that the suffering had no value, because actually it did for me. Because I really was able to see how I was creating my own suffering. It was extremely clear at a certain point. And to me, that's the beauty of zazen. that willingness to see just like, really, what are we doing? What am I doing? How am I showing up, really? It's not really a mysterious thing. And how much or whatever all of that is, is like, that's not the point. It's just about how you show up. It's not about amounts. It's about how you show up, when you show up. To me, our Shuso is a wonderful example of that. Not perfect. and yet so willing. The perfection is like, what is that? I've yet to meet a perfect person. <laughs> Maybe on Bankard Avenue. <laughs> Not even in Newburgh. Like, even my grandmother, who was like, as many of you know, was like this amazing person, was not a perfect person either. But it's really about how we show up and what we're offering 
And you can feel by even how someone, and this is not even a mysterious thing, how people walk into the room. You can feel if they're available or they're kind of waiting for something or waiting to be invited in. I've certainly experienced that in myself, walking into rooms, waiting to be invited in. Ever had that experience like you're in the room and you haven't invited yourself in yet? It's so strange. And what's amazing is that we can do that. We can shift. So the reflection for today was, you know, how can you embody being settled into the way? How are you going to do that? And what does that look like for you today, in this moment, in the next moment? How do you giddy up and say, like, what am I doing? How can I serve? How can I care? How do you do that from Marfa, Texas? Or wherever you are. We all can actually extend out a bit more. And to me, it's actually what ties us into, at least for me, my own integrity instead of my story. It brings me closer to my vow and actually allows me to have more energy then giving completely is a place of practice. Like, how can you give completely and totally mess it up? <laughs> Chad and I, our friend Ayo and I were on a call and for this kind of wonderful place that have asked us to go and teach and and they're like well are you nervous or do you, do you got, what do you need and we're like well it could be a disaster or it could be wonderful or probably somewhere between like whatever <laughs> and there's something so freeing you know, and Ayo and I were t joking about that yesterday. It's just like, and they were so shocked, like, <gasps> you know, because there's this idea of performance, performing our lives, trying to do things correctly. Like, why not invite the shit show in? <laughs> invite what is messy. the shakes and the weirdness and all of it. It's all part of our life. 
what's not going and what's not what, how you want it to be. Giving completely to how it is. Deeply attuned, not so attuned, whatever. To me, it's the joy is the willingness to just get out of your story and say, I'm here. Don't be deceived by others, including yourself. Careful of how you're deceiving yourself with your stories. And let's practice taking refuge in Sangha so that we can support and serve each other and learn how to be just a bit more loving. Thank you.